Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Yeah, good good afternoon. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. Sorry you caught me uh, just trying to get a little bit of uh, fluid in my throat, a little bit of lubrication so that I wasn't coughing so much. Kind of had a, a little bit of a dry throat today from a long weekend. And the, what a weekend it was. I mean, and again, Mondays are always, there's so much that happens and so much to go into that happened throughout the weekend. And, you know, of course, much of this is involved around... Um, what's going on in the Middle East and the cause of it, which, of course, is Joe Biden and his complete wayward regime of do nothing, say nothing, and lots of strong words. We'll throw an airstrike here and there, and the whole time we're going to keep American lives in the balance and under the target of our enemy. We're going to talk about that. We'll take a look at, you know, kind of what has led up to that and what people are saying about the the Iran situation, which is, What's going on in the Middle East? Make no mistake about it. Whether it's the Houthis, whether it's what's going on in Syria, whether it's what's going on in Iraq, whether it's what Hamas did to Israel, this is all Iran-backed uh, stuff that has been enabled by the Biden regime who released all sanctions and let them basically have whatever they wanted, where Trump had them shut down and locked down to nothing and they feared him. We'll take a look at the upcoming election. I want to talk about the the prices a little bit because, look, I think the election needs to be really about two things primarily, but three things if you want to look internationally. I think it should be about the economy. And they can try to tell you it's good. They can try to tell you it's great. But creating a massive problem and then decreasing it by half and then declaring victory, even though it's far above what it was when you started, is not the flex that they think it is. Republicans need to point that out. I want to talk about that. So we need to talk about the economy, the border crisis, which they are also trying to pass off on Republicans. They've done absolutely nothing for three years. And now they're saying, oh, we have a bipartisan deal in the Senate. And you know what? F you, Senator, who signed on to that. Complete amnesty for everybody here. 5K a day coming in and increased processing capacities is not securing the border. It's not, and, and House Republicans, thank God, are towing the line. They're going to stand there and say, no, this is a non-starter. You send this bill to us, it's going right in the in the circular file, right where it should go. The economy, the border, and then peace through strength. Peace through strength. The Reagan doctrine and build our military back up to where it should be. By the way, I want to remind you, tomorrow, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Robert Buzz Patterson, who was a fly on the wall in the Clinton administration, for lack of a better term, as a military aide. He carried the nuclear football. He traveled with the president almost everywhere, domestically and internationally. He is going to talk about some stuff that went on back in the Clinton years. We're going to look at comparisons of what we're seeing with Biden and what's happening under his regime, particularly on the geopolitical and international military stage. Next week, we have Joe Kent coming in on Tuesday. He is, and I'm going to talk about him a little bit today. And uh, man, 11 combat tours, Green Beret, Special Forces operator. Then uh, after 
He retired from there. He joined uh, paramilitary operations in the CIA. The guy knows what he's talking about. He's been there. He's done that. And he's super knowledgeable running for Congressional District 3 here in Washington State. Then, of course, we have a little bit of weirdness because that's what the Nun Report is also about is truth, freedom, and weirdness. So let's kick it off with it's Monday. So let's talk about my weekend. I mean, it... it, uh, it was a fun weekend. I got to do what I love to do. And if, if you know, I get I get asked all the time, Dan, you know, you say you're in a band, you say you're a musician, uh, you know, pictures are proof. Well, here you go. That's me in the, the red shorts and the cutoff Love Co. t-shirt there and the, the uh, backwards hat uh, trying to act like I'm in my 20s again. <laughs> it's fun. It's my recreational activity. We had a great show this weekend. It was a... Um, but, you know, it was a it was a decent sized club, man. It's not not a big place, but a 400 capacity club. It was sold out. It was it was two capacity, and uh, you know, put 400 people in a room having fun, reliving memories with friends, and singing along to all their favorite songs. Uh, it, what's not to like about that? So there you go. There's your there's your uh, the Nun report. Uh, Dan Nun in his uh, natural habitat, if you will. Uh, I still get out there and and rock out when I can, and. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It's something I enjoy doing. It's something that releases a lot of tension. It's something that provides, you know, one thing about politics is it, it's, it's, it can be very polarizing. It can be very uh, divisive in a lot of ways. The cool thing about music is that for that period of time, even if it's just for a few hours during a show, for that period of time, people from all different walks of life all different belief systems, all different genders, shall I say, all different political beliefs, all different places, they can come together in a venue and 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 just for a short period of time, come together and enjoy music and entertainment that they love. That is the one thing that I really love about music and about being a musician is when you look out there and you see the smiles on people's faces, you see them nodding, you see them singing along to every single word, and uh, and it doesn't matter what their stripes are. For that period of time, everybody is 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 all one, right? And uh, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So if you just watched the the news, this if you've been watching the news about uh, you know you know today or or yesterday, you would think that the biggest, most amazing story going on in the United States right now is that the Kansas City Chiefs and Taylor Swift are going to the Super Bowl and that aren't Kelsey and Taylor just so sweet and gentle couple. It would be nice if that were actually true that that was the biggest story of the weekend. And if all you did was listen to mainstream media, you might believe that it was. Unfortunately, there was something much more important in the national news that happened over the weekend, much more real and much more tragic. And that is three American reservists who lost their lives over on the uh, Syrian border because the Biden regime refuses to remove American troops from there. Now, there's 34 people injured as well, by the way. It was a drone attack. And there's some... Uh, talk coming out now that you know perhaps the you know they they didn't their defenses didn't pick up the drone because it was returning to base at the same time as an American drone was supposed to be 
Okay, so that brings up a whole another set of questions. You know, was it a was it an intelligence failure? I mean, if the enemy knew when an American drone was supposed to be returning, then that's an intelligence failure. Was it a, a detection failure where wow, their their drones are a lot like ours and we just couldn't see it, or 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 was it a drone that was left behind in Afghanistan? When we abandoned the country, when Biden abandoned the country, that somehow got in the hands of this uh, Iranian-backed group. So that's that's the tragic reality and the tragic story of the weekend. The Biden regime has no military plan. They have no objectives. They have no end game. They have no you know uh, de- 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 divisive or, or, or definitive thing to offer. The enemy, they have no strength. The enemy will focus on weakness. The enemy will attack weakness. And the Biden regime has exhibited nothing but weakness on the international stage. They're not strong. They are weak. It's been demonstrated through their diplomacy. It's been demonstrated through their giving Iran, releasing sanctions, giving them $6 billion for for our, our prisoners, releasing sanctions, allowing them to sell tens of billions of dollars worth of oil. They demonstrated it through their completely botched exit from Afghanistan that they still try to blame on Trump. Bullshit. We left all that equipment behind. 13 Marines died, lost their lives needlessly because of the incompetence. And, and, and frankly... The 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 in, unconcerned Biden administration. They don't care. They despise the military. Clinton despised the military. Biden. The only time he really cares about the military is when he talks about his son. And then I'm not talking Hunter. I'm talking Bo, who was a veteran. He likes to claim he died over there, but he didn't. He died of cancer over here. Could it be from causes and things he was exposed to over in the Middle East? Sure. But there's nothing definitive on that. But the point is that the Biden regime has absolutely zero uh, policy on what to do with the Middle East or Ukraine for that matter. Their policy is basically just go with the flow. It's wishy-washy. There's no end game. It's uh, let's we're going to do whatever we can to try to walk that political line of satisfying our base and making the conservatives look bad. That's all it is. It has nothing to do with American interests. It has to do with their self-interest. And I can't wait to have Buzz Patterson on tomorrow and dive into this a little bit deeper from firsthand, firsthand knowledge of what I'm talking about here. This was, uh, this was Biden. I've already delivered the message to Rand. They know I'm not to do anything. Sixteen days ago. Check it out. Before he goes over and sniffs a girl, um, he says the question was, What about Iran? And he says, We've already got them covered. Check it out. I've already delivered the message to Rand. They know I'm not to do anything. I've already measured, delivered the message to Iran. They know not to do anything. This was uh, regarding the the Hamas attack on Israel, and you know what are what if what if 
Iranian-backed, uh, you know, bad actors, I say groups, decide to attack the, you know, American interests. I've already told Iran, they don't have to do anything. Really. Here's the extent of the Biden foreign policy and military policy on Iran. It's so deep. It's so thought-provoking. It's so strategic. It's, it's almost incomprehensible. I mean, to think. I mean, this is just brilliance. That this administration, that this Biden regime could come up with a, a foreign policy against a adversary in the Middle East. That's just, it's just brilliant. This was the most brilliant foreign policy I've, I've ever seen. Check it out. What is your message to Hezbollah and its backer, Iran? Don't. Don't, don't, don't. What's the message to Iran? Don't. It was very important to send a very clear message to anyone who might seek to take advantage of the conflict in Gaza to threaten our personnel uh, here or anywhere else in the region. Don't do it. The policy of don't. Don't. One word. One word. So powerful and so, it's just, I'm sure that it struck fear into our enemies throughout the world. Don't. That's like telling a child, man, don't take a cookie out of the cookie jar without any intention of smacking their ass if they do. It's uh, it's pathetic. But that's the extent of their foreign policy toward Iran. Since Biden took office, there have been at least 160 attacks on U.S. forces. And there they are right there, uh, concluding with Tower 22 along the Jordan-Syria border over the weekend. And this is not this is not by accident. This didn't happen under President Trump because they knew President Trump would have would have demolished them without asking any questions. And um there you have it. They just uh, they just let it go. Hang on a second here. I'm trying to pull something back up. Sorry about that. But uh, yeah, think of that. 160 attacks on U.S. forces since Biden took office. This is very reminiscent of the Clinton years where Al-Qaeda came up through the 90s and the Clinton administration did nothing about it, despite the fact that all of the terrorist attacks that happened throughout the 90s had clear ties back to Al-Qaeda, despite the fact that they had every opportunities to take out Osama bin Laden and Clinton sat around with his thumb in his ass but again, we're going to cover that. It's a little more, more of a teaser on tomorrow's show. We're going to hear from uh, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Robert Buzz Patterson, who was there as a fly on the wall. He wrote uh, Dereliction of Duty, along with a couple of other books. And, and I can't wait to have him on, man. It's going to be so good. So there's the attacks that, that have come across from the strong uh, Biden doctrine of let our enemies do whatever the hell they want, and we'll leave equipment behind and give them money. Weird foreign policy, right? The weirdest foreign policy I've ever seen. We're going to leave all of our equipment behind for the Taliban to use. We're going to give Iran tens of billions of dollars. We're going to leave our borders wide open so that we can be invaded from actors unknown from throughout the world. It's a, we're going to give Ukraine hundred billions of dollars. This is the weirdest foreign policy I've ever seen in my life.
It's about who we are. It's about what think about it. How the world looks at us. I've been doing foreign policy for a long, long time. I was chairman of those committees. That was the day, that was down in South Carolina, Biden's campaigning down there. That was the day before the attacks that killed three service members and injured 34 others over the weekend. Talking about his vast experience in foreign policy. And of course, once, once this genie was unleashed out of the bottle, now look, it's out. Unfortunately, this would have never happened if Trump were still president. They would not have dared. Hamas would have never attacked Israel the way that they did. Russia would not have invaded Ukraine. If Trump had been elected, well, he was. Had Trump gotten his legitimate second term, none of this would have happened. Because they knew. They knew. Putin knew if I attack Ukraine... Uh, I might die. My family might die. Our generals will die because he told them as much. And Iran didn't have any money. They had no money. They had no ability because of the strict sanctions that Trump put in place. They had no money to finance the bullshit that they're doing right now. And there weren't billions of dollars of high-tech weapon systems laying around for sale to the highest bidder in Afghanistan. But the Warhawks come out. As soon as the attacks happened over the weekend, Lindsey Graham hit Iran, hit them hard. This guy has been dying for war with Iran for decades. This guy... I don't know what it is with this guy. I understand being, you know, answering. You, 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 there needs to be a response. Don't get me wrong. And I'm going to, I'm going to cite a couple of tweets or posts on X from Joe Kent about that. Um, he's, he's really knows a lot rather than me trying to paraphrase what he said. I'm just going to throw his tweets up there. Cause I agree with them 100%. But Lindsey Graham says hit, hit Iran. Now hit them hard. Uh, Senator John Corn target Tehran. Yeah. War. War, because our supporters will love it, man. We're gonna make, we're gonna rake in billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars for the military-industrial complex, and we're gonna benefit in turn. They're gonna continue to donate to our super PACs. God, life is beautiful. Love it when a plan comes together, and that's what they're doing. These are Republicans. It's funny that the Republicans are screaming for war and the Democrats, are they're, they're all on the same page here. They're all on the same page here. Nikki Haley. Neocon Haley. She loves war too, man. She made a lot of money off of it in her lifetime. Check this out. What would that mean in practice? When you say Biden, you say Biden didn't do something, what was that something that he should have the been doing? The very first strike that hit, you punch and you punch back hard. What they should be doing is going after 
every ounce of production of those missiles, wherever those missiles are, you take that out. You does, keep right. you take out the training sites. You go and you. But does that risk escalating a war? Does, does that decisions. mean striking Iran directly? It means striing the resources that are allowing them to hurt our troops. That's what you're doing. It's not they're going after the. the they're backed by Iran. Iran absolutely. says that they're not declaring the shots, but Iran's training them. They're providing intelligence. They're providing weapons. And this goes there back. would be no Hamas without Iran, Hezbollah without Iran, or Houthis without Iran. But yes, you're going. There would be none of this happening if we had re retained Trump in office. She's right. There would be none of that without Iran. But Iran wouldn't have the money to fund them and back them to the level they are, except for what the Biden regime has brought. And I'm going to, you know, everyone wants to attack Iran, attack Iran, and not not just not just their outposts, not just the Houthis or, or or Hamas, but Iran directly. Lindsey Graham is calling for it. He wants to flatten them. Nikki Haley's calling for it. Check this out with Lindsey. Lindsey Graham, man, again, this guy has wanted to be at war with Iran for a long, long time. Check it out. I've been saying for six months now, for six months now, hit Iran. They have oil fields out in the open. They have the um, Revolutionary Guard headquarters you can see from space. Blow it off the map. Hit Iran. Blow it off the map. Hit Iran. Blow it off the map. Hit Iran. Blow it off the map. What? <laughs> Again, I'm not going to say a lot because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cite some some things from uh, Joe Kent here in just a just a moment. One more clip, and uh, and this is this is what happened. Th these are num real things that happened that has enabled Iran to do what it is doing as far as its support. Again, they want death to America. They chant death to America. Why in the world were we leaving sanctions on them and giving them money? is beyond me. But that is, Clinton had a very similar policy. I mean, it was, and Obama had the apology to her. These Democrats, they, their, their biggest mistake is they, they go into these uh, geopolitical situations thinking that the enemy thinks like they do, that you can reason with them. You can't reason with a religious zealot. You can't reason with the Ayatollahs of Iran. You can't reason with the Kim Jong-uns unless you're a complete badass like Donald Trump. <laughs> he got, he stepped foot in North Korea. What an amazing moment that was. You can't reason with religious zealots. When you look at ISIS or Al-Qaeda, Iran, which is now basically controlling Iraq, and, and, and then the Taliban, of course, and, and a lot of, the, Iran has got their fingers in Syria, they've got their fingers in Israel with Hamas and the Houthis. Don't forget Hezbollah, also backed by Iran. This is a country that wants death for America. Death to the Western devil. 
They don't care. They will use you. They'll lie and and tell you things. Oh yeah, you just give us money and we're going to we're going to stop our nuclear weapons. They probably already got them. If not, they're pretty damn close. If you just relieve sanctions on us, we promise we won't attack anybody. And the Biden regime in their uh, either ignorance or arrogance or incompetence maybe a little bit of all decided to believe them and take them at their word. Here's a little truth bomb, if you will. Check it out. We should be reimposing sanctions on the oil and gas sector, on their ballistic missile sector. Let me give you one statistic. End of the Trump administration, Iran had about $4 billion in foreign reserves. That's not a lot, okay? Biden comes in, lifts sanctions. They're, they're exporting oil like crazy, natural gas like crazy. Their foreign reserves right now are north of $70 billion. The Iranians, that's what they're funding these terrorist proxies, Hamas, Hezbollah, the Houthis with. That's what you need to do for a comprehensive, strategic, long-term policy of reestablishing deterrence. It's not easy. The Trump administration did it. Biden's been weak. They got to redo this. So you got that, right? They had $4 billion in reserves, which is basically nothing. They, could, they were just struggling to feed their own population and maintain their rich lifestyles. Now with Biden... They have 70 billion. All because of the relief of sanctions. You know, the only the only energy that gets sanctioned under the Biden regime is the U.S. energy sector. They've sanctioned the oil industry. They've sanctioned the natural gas. We can no longer export liquid natural gas. That was, which is, by the way, it was a direct result on Texas foreclosing the border that Biden should have had closed to begin with and could close anytime he wanted to. He doesn't need congressional approval or authority or law. He could declare an emergency and close the border just like that. But they don't want to. That is not what they want. And they have the gall to try to say that the border crisis is because of Republicans. Their messaging is good. I give them that. They're bullshit. They've got a great line of bullshit. But back to the the only the only sanction on energy is going on is is for U.S. domestic energy is being sanctioned. But Iran, we're just going to lift all their sanctions, and because we cut ourselves off, the world market price skyrocketed, and now Iran is making mint high dollar values off of all of the natural gas and all of the oil that they export. So is Russia. Russia is benefiting from the high prices as well. And their sanctions are not are nothing. China's buying it all up. Gladly. At inflated cost, thanks to Joe Biden and his war on domestic U.S. energy and his incompetence in the international arena to keep these bad actors in their cages. Joe Kent. Running for third congressional dis- district down here in Wash or here in Washington State, uh, a real America First patriot. He served eleven combat tours, Special Forces Green Beret. Went on to paramilitary, paramilitary uh, service in the CIA, 
And I don't think that's a bad thing before you all go saying, oh, well, see, I don't know if I trust them. Look, paramilitary versus the bureaucracy that goes on in D.C. are two completely different things. Don't confuse them. This guy knows his shit. He knows what's going on on the, in the, on the international arena. His wife lost her life. We're going to talk with him next week. He's going to be on the Nun Report next Tuesday. And we're going to talk about his new book. We're going to talk about, I'm sure, a lot of what's going on in the world. We're going to talk also on local issues here, right here in Washington, where he's running. But he's a true America first patriot. He lost uh, in 2022 by less than 1%. Less than 1%. This year, the state GOP is backing him. He's getting a lot earlier to start. He's trying to get rid of the extreme commie Democrat that's in that position right now. And, uh, and I think he's going to. But he had this to say after the attacks in Iran, in, in, uh, against our forces there in the Watchtower uh, that killed three American uh, reservists, by the way. Three American reservists and injured 34, I think 34 others. By the way, uh, Biden doesn't know if he will be at the airport when the remains are returned to the United States or not. And if he were there, I'm sure he'd be looking at his watch. Remember that? What a despicable, despicable, disgusting, as Dan Bongino says, rotting bag of oatmeal. I like to say Swiss cheese for brains. But every description fits. Diaper-wearing dementia man might work too. Joe Kent had this to say. The war machine votes to leave, and he's talking about the uniparty in D.C. This is not necessarily just Democrats. There are Republicans that are involved in this as well. The war machine votes to leave our troops in the Middle East as bait, funds our enemies until they kill Americans, then uses the dead troops as a justification for the new war. This scam only benefits Iran and the defense contractors who own too many members of our government, including, including neocon Nikki Haley, Icky Nikki herself, who's running against Donald Trump. As a Republican, but with Republicans like her, who needs Democrats? I'm going to show you a little bit about that. Joe Kent continued with this post. Ask our elected officials, what do we gain by leaving troops in Iraq, Syria, and Jordan? If Iran-backed militias funded by the Iraqi government killed our troops, why are we funding the Iraqi government? Again, Iraq is controlled by Iran. We're not in control of Iraq anymore. And neither is the Iraqi government. Iran controls Iraq. Iraq, Syria, and Afghanistan were failures. Why and how would a war with Iran be different? Dude, so we were in Iraq. We were there for 20 years. And in the end, Iran ends up in control of the country. We were in Afghanistan for 20 years. Kicked out the Taliban. And in the end, the Taliban is back in control of the country, but with with a lot more sophisticated weaponry than we left behind for them, and at a cost of life that was completely avoidable and completely unnecessary. Joe continues, how is any of this more important than defending our own border? Good question. Good question. There's no answer. 
mean, the answer is it's not it's not more important, but to this regime, they'd rather have an open border. He continues with this in a response to one of his own posts on X. I'm not against hitting Iran back. Neither am I. Just don't do it on their terms. Iran is expecting us to leave our troops within their reach. Iraq, etc. Take those targets away from them. Then strike their proxies. Hitting Iranian soil will only rallies Iranians around the Ayatollah. So bring our troops home or bring them back to Europe. Get them out of Iraq. Get them out of Syria. Get them off of border troll between Jordan and Syria. Get them out. Then, and only then, once once we've removed American targets that they can retaliate against, then attack Iranian interests outside of the borders of Iran. If you attack Iran directly, Iran, whatever, uh, you, they're gonna they're gonna rally around the Ayatollahs, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um. So get get our people out, attack everything, decimate it, everything outside of Iranian borders, decimate it, lock them down again with sanctions right now. They should. Why isn't Biden? Three Americans were just fucking killed. 34 injured. And it's not that they're attacking us in the Red Sea. They're destroying ships. They're attacking us in Iraq. They're attacked our, they attacked our consulate in Iraq. Why the hell have you not reinstituted every single sanction that was in place before your piece of shit ass came into office and then more? Why are you just sitting there thinking about it, analyzing it, and doing fucking nothing. Joe Biden cares about one thing. Himself. That's it. That's all he's ever cared about. Maybe Bo. He doesn't care about Hunter. The media likes to make you think he does. But the one thing that Biden cares about is himself. He certainly doesn't care about you or the interests of this country. If he did, he wouldn't be in bed with China. He wouldn't be relieving sanctions from Iran where they can go ahead and attack U.S. forces throughout the Middle East. He wouldn't be sending U.S. treasure by the tens of billions of dollars over to a country in Europe that's not even a NATO ally. A dictatorship, in fact. A totalitarian regime that has banned religion that they don't agree with, that has banned free press and only has one media source. That has banned political opposition parties. I'm talking about Ukraine. It's not a democracy. Yet we're sending U.S. Treasury over there and the blood of over half a million people has been spilt. All to fund the military-industrial complex here in the United States. Adam Kissinger even said it. Hey, man, all this money we're sending to Ukraine, it's getting 
It's being used to purchase weaponry from the United States, which benefits our economy. Oh, great. Our economy is making money off of the blood of Russians and Ukrainians in Ukraine. You fucking asshole. I don't have a producer here in the studio with me telling me to calm down. But uh, it just irritates me to no end. So avoidable. Nikki Haley's out there. Hard to shift gears after that. Um, Nikki Haley is out there sounding like a Democrat more and more every day. You have the, the South Carolina... Primaries coming up here in just a little bit. Hang on, just excuse me. And um, she's out there talking. Man, she's saying, you know, the the Eugene Carroll thing. Oh, by the way, she's on a she's on her tour. She hit all the Sunday talk shows, of course, after the eighty the insane eighty three million dollar judgment. That's not going to stand. It's not going to stand up with. Uh, appeal and um of course liberals love it but uh nikki carroll uh nick eugene carroll jeez i'm reading my notes here on my screen it's not nikki it's eugene carroll but nikki had this to say she supports the judgment and trusts the jury and that they were justified with this massive unprecedented 83 million dollar judgment against President Trump. Just tell the truth as I see it. I think there have been politics played with prosecutors that have brought on some of these cases. I think there's been politics played even with the judges. But I do think American juries still get it right. They listen to the evidence. They make the decision based on the evidence. And I do still trust the, any American that sits on a jury. I trust that they're making the right decision. Yeah. Well, I don't. I think they're biased as hell in New York. I think they got a biased jury. And the judge tainted the case in the very opening. In the very opening of it, right? And this is Haley talking about Trump spending money. $8 trillion. By the way, uh, the majority of this was in COVID relief which she supported as well. Check it out. This is a man that put us $8 trillion in debt in just four years. Think about that. This is a man who praised China's President Xi a dozen times after China. Um, he didn't praise him as a leader. He praised the fact that he has a strong supportive government that backs him gave us COVID. This is a man who now wants to go and put 10% tariffs across the board, raising taxes on every single American. No, it doesn't raise taxes on America. What it does is it keeps those, those assholes in China and in Mexico at bay. It stops them from taking advantage of us and from selling materials to us at a price. And he's not, it's a, you understand how it works. If you don't do this, I'm going to place a 10% tariff across the board. You know what they did when he was in office before? They did what he wanted to avoid the tariffs. With 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 Nikki Haley, um, I mean, who needs Democrats when you've got her out there running? 
Think about that for a second. That's what we're talking about. This is a man who continues to go and talk about himself and distract with all the other things. But he, right. that night in, in New Hampshire, after the court case, he's never once talked about the American people. She's not listening. He's done nothing but talk about the American people. This woman is evil. Bad, bad person. Too. And by the way, for those of you thinking that, you know, RFK Jr., maybe he could be Trump's vice president. <laughs> You're stupid. You're idiots. You're not thinking. You're not critically thinking beings. I want to make sure anybody who watches this, and please spread this around, let's not forget the truth about RFK Jr., Okay. He wants to have a drilling ban, a fracking ban, and a nuclear ban. He would decimate. You think that Joe Biden has decimated the U.S. energy sector? Wait until this guy gets in power, if he ever did. He would have green subsidies by taxing the farm and the agricultural industries of this country. He would decimate the farming in this country. He's a massive gun control freak. He loves abortions. He He's a tax-and-spend liberal. He has never seen a tax or a regulation that he did not like. He wants a single a payer healthcare system. He wants more visas to come into the United States. He wants complete amnesty for all illegals already here. He would cut the military more than Biden already has. He would provide birthright citizenship, but don't worry, don't worry. He's against vaccines. So therefore, yeah, let's make him fucking president. Mm. I'm sorry. I know a lot of you think I dropped too many f bombs in the show, but it's just how I talk, man. It's who I am. I can, I could, I could edit them out when I'm on when I'm on other shows or when I'm um, when I have guests on. I, I tone it down. But when it's just me talking to you, if you can't handle a few f bombs here and there, it's probably not the right show for you. Um, the economy. They like to say the economy is great. And they've been, I mean, the media is is selling this. Oh, this is the strongest recovery ever. Greatest economy. This is such a great economy. But you and I know the truth. You and I know the difference. We all know what the actual reality is. See what he recently said about the West, the, the, he wants to see the economy crash this year? A sitting president. A sitting president. Let's get that again. Donald Trump's a sitting president. He wants to see the economy crash this year. A sitting president. <laughs> a sitting president. <laughs> he never said that, but that's okay. Uh, the fact that he messed it up as a sitting president. Here's the reality of the economy, man. Look, real wages are down 2.7% since Biden took office. Inflation is still twice what it was when Biden took office. Bond markets are devastated. Gas is still 50% higher. Overall costs are up 17.5% and food 23%. Yeah, everything is great. Bidenomics is just peachy. We love Bidenomics. Let's have more of that. You know what this sort of thing affects the most? Now, by, the, before I, by the way, I had a... I had a person respond to me in a in a thread on X. I, I posted something similar to this. In fact, it may have been exactly this. And she comes back, gas prices are only two sixty five here. And I'm like, yeah. And they were a dollar sixty five when Biden took office. You just proved my point. Thank you. She waits about an hour and a half. I, I get a notification. That there's a response on it that I happen to see. 
better than it was 465 in 2006. <laughs> Seriously? Like, you, it's better than when it was 465. And two, what does 2006 have to do with the thing? Here's what it has to do with. Took her an hour and a half to come up with my response. Yeah, get, energy prices are, are 50% higher. She had to go back. She, I, I'm sure she spent that entire time on the internet looking at historical uh, fuel prices. And she had to go all the way back to 2006 to find a price that was as high or close to as high as it was at the peak of the Biden administration. But this goes back to, I mean, th these people can't, they couldn't, she couldn't go back to the Trump years and find a price that was higher. So she had to go back to Bush in 2006. Oh, these prices aren't what they are in 2000. Really? 20 years ago? You know, 18 years ago, for those of you that are anal, I can do math. But that's what that's all they got. They got no argument. And they're happy with the fact that, okay, we created a problem that was we created a problem where gas prices got over five, six, seven dollars a gallon. Then we corrected it by half, declare victory, and everybody's happy with the new norm of higher prices. Just like you should be happy with the new norm of higher prices in groceries. But uh the the economy. What I'm talking about, the economy, the border, and pulling the U.S. out of foreign conflicts. If the Republican platform will focus in laser, laser light on those three things, they can't lose. They can't lose. It remains to be seen uh, you know, on, on if they will do that or not. And, and there was something I was going to expound on on this. Um so bond markets are deficit. Gas price is still 50% higher. How about the interest rates on, on loans for mortgages? Uh, overall costs up 17%. Who does who do these? And it's not just fuel, by the way. It's it's heating oil. It's diesel, which all, well, well trains, ships, semis used to transport the goods to market. Heating oil, which I said. Natural gas, which a lot, and, and propane, which people use to heat or cook or both. Who's These are things you need to have. You need to be able to get back and forth to work, all right? Either in a car or public transportation. Public transportation costs are up because energy costs are up as well. Either way, you're paying for it. You need to be able to, to heat your home. You need to be able to cook. You need to be able to live somewhere, so you have to pay rent. This does not affect the, the political class or the 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 wealthy or the Hollywood people, the privileged people that love to preach to you. I'm so sick and tired of getting preached to you by the privileged about how great I have it and how racist I am. But who gets impacted by these fixed costs? It costs that everybody needs to have, such as heating their home, getting back and forth to work. Well, it's the fixed income and the poor or working class. They're getting hit the hardest. The very people who need relief the most that the Biden regime claims to be champion of, they're the people getting hit the hardest by his policies, the results of his policy. It's just pathetic. And, and you know, little Miss Turtle, remember I said, 
just a few minutes ago. Create a massive problem. Gas is an example. Five, six bucks a gallon. Correct it by half and then claim victory, even though it's still 50% to 100% higher than it was before the crisis. You've now created a new norm. Here's Janet Yellen talking about that new norm. Check it out. How do you convince Americans and voters that those prices might not go back to where they were before the pandemic? Well, I think most um, Americans know that prices um, are not likely to fall. It's not the Fed's objective to um, try to push the level of prices back to where they were. I think most Americans know that prices are not likely to fall. So those those uh, those overall prices that are 17.5% higher than they were pre-Biden, those grocery prices that are 23% higher than pre-Biden, that $2.65 a gallon gas, this at least 50% higher than it was pre-Biden, those prices are not likely to fall. They're telling you. They're throwing it, in fact, in your face. Get used to it. Sorry. Sucks to be you. Doesn't affect me. I'm a millionaire. But you you little people down there, you peasants, you uh, you better get used to these higher prices. Because it's going to... Uh, it's going to be around for a while. In fact, it's not going away. This is the new norm. We have the uh, the border, of course, is a massive, massive problem. And I love what Texas is doing. We've done a show on that already. We're not going to repeat ourselves too much on that. But let's not forget where the where this started. When uh, when Trump was in office, we had a fairly in control border. Was it closed? No, there were still three hundred thousand plus coming in a year, and and twenty nineteen was a bad year. At one point, um, number slips in my head. It was well over a million and a half people. That was the exception. And then it dropped down the next year once he corrected and got with Mexico and said, man, you shut, you get your police force out there and military out there and stop these people from coming. And then it dropped back down to three to 400,000 versus the Biden administration, which is three to 400,000 per month. No, no, don't worry. We're going to give you a deal. Take this deal. We're going to, we have a, we have a plan. And if the Republicans don't sign off on it, the border crisis is the Republicans' fault. And that plan is amnesty for the illegals here, birthright citizenship, locked into, locked into law, 5,000 people a month on average over a week. But we can have up to 8,500 people a day. Are they going to stand there at the border with a clicker and count all these people that come through? And, oh, your, your number, your number 8,500, not... Close the border. Boop, boop. Close it down. Is that how? It's not, it's not even enforceable. Now we're just going to stop. It, it, all you, we, we've reached our maximum for the day or for the week. You all just have to wait over there and, and suffer. No, they're not going to do that. But even if they did, that's a, that's a 1.5 million plus a month. Not Not sustainable. Not something we can allow to happen. 
and good for the the House Republicans for saying no, no, this is not it's not going anywhere here. Um, but let's remember how this started with candidate Biden calling for a surge, calling for people to come from all over the world. Come. Would in fact make sure that there is we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. Come. Surge. Amnesty. Asylum. <laughs> they used to speak a little bit differently. I mean, there used to be some rationality when it came to the border in the Democrat Party. We all agree on the need to better secure the border and to punish employers who choose to hire illegal immigrants. Uh, you know, we are a generous and welcoming people here in the United States, but those who enter the country illegally and those who employ them disrespect the rule of law, uh, and they are showing disregard for those who are following the law. We simply cannot allow people to pour into the United States undetected, undocumented, unchecked, and circumventing the line of people who are waiting patiently, diligently, and lawfully uh, to become immigrants in this country. We yeah. all agree. On the yeah, we're not against immigration. We're against, in fact, we're for immigration on the, on the right here. Legal immigration. Follow the processes there. You don't just get to cross our border because you claim asylum. There's a go to a port of entry and do it the right way. Do it. The, I mean, I couldn't imagine if I immigrated here legally from another country. I'm, I'm fortunate and blessed to have been born here, as were my parents and their parents. But for those who are first or second generation, imagine how shitty. I mean, I would be pissed if all of a sudden all these people were just allowed to come unchecked across the border i mean it it is harder to go through line at tsa to get on an airplane as a us citizen than it is for these assholes from all over the world to cross the southwest border it's disgusting and then this all americans not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. If you break our laws by entering this country without permission to give birth to a child, we reward that child with U.S. citizenship and guarantee a full access to all public and social services this society provides. In Mexico, there is no welfare. There is no AFDC. There is no SSI, there is no Medicaid, there is no Social Security, there is no Medicare, and there's a 58 cent an hour minimum wage. Mexico does nothing to enforce its border. What we need to do simultaneously, you know, secure our borders, the technology, personnel, physical barriers if necessary in some places physical barriers wait the united states without our permission are illegal aliens and illegal aliens should not be treated the same as people who entered the u.s legally if poverty is increasing and if wages are going down i don't know why we need millions of people to be coming into this country as guest workers who will work for lower wages than american workers and drive wages down even lower than they are right now the day when america could be the welfare system for mexico is gone we simply can't afford it 
Illegal immigration is wrong, plain and simple. We are a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. This is a country that's based on immigration, and we all know that. And yet, at times, you become so overtaxed, you have to concentrate on saying, the people who should be here are those who come legally at this time. It is wrong and ultimately self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws we have seen in recent years, and we must do more to stop it. Remember those days when the De Democrat Party was somewhat uh, sane and rational and reasonable when it came to immigration? I do. And, uh, and now they're just totally whacked, man. They're so far out there. It's, uh, it's hard to believe, <laughs> hard to believe how far, sometimes I feel like I'm living in like this bizarro fantasy land where, uh, you know, anything goes. I mean, all, it, it, it's like a movie it's like, or, or a, or a, or a book fiction, a fantasy book that is, is like playing itself out in real time. And, uh, that's crazy. Hey, so again, a reminder tomorrow on the show, on the Nun Report, I'm, I'm stoked to have the uh, Robert Buzz Patterson. He, Lieutenant Colonel in the Air Force, flew a lot of missions around the world, supporting our troops, delivering our troops, under coming under a threat of enemy fire. He was also a military aide that flew aboard Air Force One with President Clinton, traveled with him to Camp David, traveled with him on international trips as well as national trips and campaign events, carrying the nuclear football, carrying the nuclear football. And um, so he was basically a fly on the wall. He wrote a book called Dereliction of Duty, which is about the Clinton years. He's written a couple of since then. He's going to be on the show tomorrow. It's one you do not want to miss. Okay, next Tuesday, so a week from Buzz Patterson, we're going to have on the show Joe Kent. In 11, he did, served 11 tours as a, as a combat, he's 11-tour combat veteran, uh, a Green Beret Special Forces, also paramilitary operator within the CIA. He is running for 3rd Congressional District in the Washington State. And um, to get rid of Perez, who is just a, just a train wreck, extreme commie democrat back there and i think he can win it and we need to support him and um so that's what we got on tap coming up here over the next couple of weeks thanks for watching and uh if you if you're just listening on one of the podcasts or whatever audibly make sure to check me out on rumble.com slash the nun report in fact everybody please 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 sign up for rumble count it's free rumble is a free speech alternative to youtube Check me out on there. Follow the channel. It doesn't cost you anything. And you know what? If you end up hating it, you can always leave. You're not going to get spammed a lot. I am not Sir Spam a lot. I'm Sir Dan a lot, right? There's none better than this right here. So check me out on rumble.com slash the nun report. Follow that channel. If you watch the video, which I hope you do, smash the thumbs up button while you're watching it because it helps expose it to more people. I'd really appreciate it. You can catch me on all the socials at The Nun Report coming up there on the bottom of your screen, as you see right there, except for on Twitter where that account got nuked. So on Twitter, I am just at Nun Report. Or hey, let me make it even easier. I don't know how to make it any easier except to say this. Just go to my website, thenunreport.com. One stop, one shop, 
You can click into everything right there, including all the videos, the Rumble channel, the social medias, and all of that. I'm Dan Nunn. Thanks for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers.